Welcome everyone to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. I'm your host, KS Garner, and today I'm speaking with TJ Sterling, the president and lead artist of Ray Comics, to discuss his up-and-coming series comics uh, called Joystick Angels, Issues 1 and 2 on Kickstarter. Welcome, TJ. Hey, KS, what's up? It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, outside of the lengthy intro I just gave, who is TJ Sterling and what are you about? It's a great question. I ask myself that every single day. <laughs> um, so quick, uh, I mean, I guess if anybody's watching this, they don't know me. My name is TJ Sterling. I'm the president and lead artist of Ray Comics. Uh, Ray Comics is an indie publishing brand that focuses on telling amazing stories about characters of color in positive situations. Um, We've been around for a little over five years and we usually travel the globe just doing comic conventions and meeting people, but obviously there's no conventions at the moment. Um, so we are basically talking to as many folks and getting to know them online now. Um, we started, well, I started my career working for Marvel as a production intern and then eventually started my own comic book company shortly after to tell my own stories. Well, that's that's great. Um, can you? Well, what is Joystick Angels about? I just thought that first. No, that's totally cool. So, um, yeah, Joystick Angels is a YA space opera comic book series that's centered around uh, five young space pilots who are tasked with saving the universe against an evil alien empire. Um, so, if you like those '80s style video games like Star Fox and Gradius, like you get those same vibes with Joystick Angels. And um, the really fun part about it is that the actual comic book comes with its own original soundtrack. So it actually has custom music made for the project itself. Yeah, when I saw it on Kickstarter, um, first I was just caught by the imagery of it. And then I saw that it was, you know, people of color and then like a YA fantasy and a space opera. And mm -hmm. it's got like this animal humanoid hybrid uh, person in it because it's like, is it really a space opera? Is it really fantasy if you, if you don't have at least one non-human in your crew? So I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm I'm a little too young for the 80s games. I was born in 91. But um, yeah, this is some, definitely something that I can uh, get into. Um, uh, as you mentioned, with the soundtrack, the original soundtrack, that actually produced by your brother Spencer Sterling. Is that correct? That's correct. Mm -hmm. so yeah, Joystick was, Angels. Huh? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no I don't want to cut you off. This is all about you. Oh, okay. No problem. So yeah, I was going to say that, um, you know, me and my brother, we grew up collecting comic books together. I mean, I'm an avid collector since like 1989. I've been, I love collecting comics. I love the culture, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, we both collected together as kids and we love video games. And one of the biggest things that we loved about like Nintendo and Super Nintendo games was the music for all of these games. And when we were creating Joystick Angels, because we wrote the script together, we got an artist, we found an artist together. I was like, man, this looks like it, it should be a video game. It looks like it should be an animation. And, you know, then this idea of like, why don't we have a soundtrack for it? We have some music to go along with it. And it uh, just kind of felt right. So it's like a really cool way for me and my brother to collaborate on a fun project. So how was the process of uh collaborating with other people, like finding them and making sure they're a great fit for you. Because I've been hearing a bunch of horror stories from other artists, particularly indie artists who try to like scour the internet 
for uh, people to collaborate with and then it doesn't work out and then they had to pay them anyway and then they had to start from scratch. So how was this um, collaborative process for you with so many other people that you had involved in this project? I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I always think that uh, finding um, a good art team to collaborate with is a very difficult thing. Um, but, you know, you can't give up. I mean, because there's just, you know, in the comic book world, there's just, you know, you hit speed bumps. It's just kind of how, how it works. So um, my flagship title, Okamus, um, that is currently on my website, raycomics.com. There's already five issues in that story. And I drew and wrote those personally myself. So I spent years creating my own books before I even paid someone else to do another book for me. But um, a lot of the times, you know, you have to be in the comic book world and get to know other creators. And if you speak to another creator and you can vet an artist through another creator's experience, that usually helps out quite a bit. Um, my art team, uh, Nats Ledesma and Laura Servina, um, have done work for me in the past, pinup work. and we kind of built a rapport over other projects and we just kind of brought that energy along into this project. Okay. Um, so how important is having openly queer and people of color pretty much throughout all of your work? Cause I did see some of Oakham is, so it's pretty much in all of, all of your work. So how important is it to have the people that look like this or who are, like I say, are openly queer pretty much predominantly throughout all of your work? I mean, it's a great question. And ultimately, you know, we at Ray Comics are diversities at the core. I mean, you know, I'm a black creator, um, you know what I'm saying? And I've always enjoyed authentic stories from people of color, you know, and no matter the story, whether it's fantasy, sci-fi, whatever it is, as long as it's from a creator of color, I, I really um, relate to it a lot more. Um, so that's pretty much all the books that we make are about, you know, POC, black or characters that are of a different orientation of sorts you know what i'm saying that's just kind of like our who we are it's in our dna um you know like uh, the main one of the main characters on joystick angels um legs is an afro-latina queer character who is the tech officer on the ship she basically well a tech officer of the team she fixes all the blaster rifles and the ships and she does all these amazing things and like i said for me i like having authentic representation um, across the board on all characters. So again, it's just important to me to, to see that because that's what the world looks like. Everyone should be accepted. And that's what Joystick Angels kind of gives us a picture of what does an idealistic world that's Afrofuturistic where we are in a space where we are living as we want to and experimenting and, and growing as we want to without any type of oppression or any type of um, negativity because we're different. Yeah, speaking of legs, when I saw her her character design, um, she reminded me of myself because in the um, role-playing games that I play with my friends, we did the Alien RPG and um, I think we're doing Star Wars right now. And like, I'm the pilot and I do a lot of the tech stuff. And I was like, this is that's just me. That's what I do. If she had dreadlocks, it would be, <laughs> be exactly who I am. You should cosplay her. <laughs> I, I, would, I would love to cosplay her. Um, but yeah, I just, I immediately identified with her and I'm pretty sure there are other people out there, I guess, with the exception of the, um, what, what, who, what's her name? Um, is it, is it Duce? Is the one that's the humanoid? Uh, Deuce, yeah. Deuce, so Deuce, Deuce, that's correct. Uh, yeah, so I'm Deuce saying. has an interesting story. Uh -huh. um, so each 
you know, so the Angels are part of a uh, fighter pilot squadron of five yeah. people. And they're the last and humans, correct? Yeah. So Earth has been destroyed and all the humans now live on a colony called the Libor Space Station. Mm -hmm. And it's very much a militaristic culture. They're like the, you know, the Star Wars, um, how do you say it, um, rebel organization, if you will. It's very much in that same vein. So the highest honor is to be chosen as a Supreme Squadron, a group of pilots that kind of lead the effort against these evil aliens. And that's what they're kind of fighting for in um, Joystick Angels issue one. And a lot of people ask about Deuce and her role in this. And, and you know, Deuce is a humanoid panda, a panda um, character who essentially, um, like every other creature, well, how do I, let me rephrase this. So each team has a, you know, humanoid, you know, animal character on them. And it's almost like a parakeet in the mind situation. So when they're traveling throughout space and trying to see if other planets are hospitable for humans, they have a character that is, you know, genetically created a little stronger so they can test out the environment to make sure it's safe for everyone else. And that's kind of her role, but she's also second in command, well, hence the deuce. Um, and she's also um, like a, a really a badass fighter, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to get into a little bit of uh, her character and why, you know, she's felt some hardships being this, you know, splice of human and animal DNA. Yeah, when I saw her and I saw her role, um, she kind of reminded me of Chewie. From, from Star Wars in a way, like mm -hmm. um, people may look at the uh, Chewbacca's as, uh, as, um, as this maybe, or even in, in this role that they're supposed to be like the test dummies for everything or whatever it may be. Um, but then Han uses him as like his second in command and you know whatnot. And, and instead of having like a robot on board, you'd have um, the animal high human hybrid so that's what she reminded me of. But I, I would love to hear more about um, her backstory in relation to everything else in this world. Um, what insight would you give to an up and coming comics artist you wish someone had told you when you first started? Oh, that's, I, I love that question, man. <laughs> you know, I rarely get to hear it. So <laughs> thank you, uh, Kayla. But yeah, the um, the advice that I would give is just continue to entertain every idea that you have. And, you know, take note of the ideas that stick with you. You know, sometimes an idea will stick to you like, like, like you know, uh, like lint. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, a, or a hungry dog or something. Like, it doesn't leave you at all. And that's kind of how I follow um, my inspiration with story. It's like, you know, Okamas, my very first comic book I created. I had the idea for that in, like, 1997 when I was in high school. Um, and the idea always stuck with me, even when I left Michigan and came to the East Coast and went to college, like Okemos was something that always was brewing in my head, like this is a story I need to tell. And it was the same feeling with Joystick Angels and every other property that I'm, IP that I'm working on currently, like these feel like they are meant to be told. So you have to really trust yourself, trust your judgment and just entertain every idea and you know, write down a lot of, uh, a lot of your thoughts, your feelings about creativity journaling is a big thing because you can just kind of channel your energy into one spot and then review it later um, but yeah never give up never give up yeah when, when you when you talk about like journaling and note-taking 
I write everything down on napkins, on sticky notes, on like um, the notepad on my iPhone. It's full of notes from like six or seven years ago. Um, a lot of times when I have ideas, I have no idea where they came from. I have no idea where it's going, um, but I'll still explore it. I'll still concentrate on like that one scene that I have in my head and then just keep going from there. Um, I, I, I did another interview with, um, with a writer and uh, I forgot what it was that she said when she asked her the same question. And she, um, she said something along the lines is like, we, I guess, we, we might stop talking, but we don't, we don't stop thinking about things. So those, those thoughts and ideas just, you may not speak about them out loud, but it's good to take note of them regardless of where you think you might go. Because when I have ideas, like I said, I have no idea where it came from, but then maybe like six months later, it all circles back around again. And Correct. I finally know where it came from. I'm like, oh, my, my brain was working, you know, months ahead than I was, which is, has always happened. Because I, I also write urban fantasy uh, fiction and it is crazy how, when I come up with certain scenes and I write them down, and like I said, I don't know where they're going, but then like my brain, my brain did. So I'll write them scenes separately and I don't know where I'll put them or, you know, how they're supposed to go in the timeline. But then as I keep going and continuing on with the idea, then like, okay, I can put this here. I can put this here. It's something that I wrote months ago and it's actually supposed to be, you know, it switches with whatever scenes or whatever you want to call it. It's just like my brain knew before I even did. So that's right. Has that ever happened with has that ever happened with you? Was it just yeah? Me? There's 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 an interesting study called um, the uh, you know you know it's a psychology study about the conscious brain and the subconscious brain and how these two different sections of your you know your brain and your consciousness are working in tandem on various different things. So the power of your words and what you think is, is, is just immeasurable. I mean, if you are going to tell yourself that you can't do something and you talk yourself out of it, you know, that's a conscious thought, but then it registers in the subconscious brain. And when it registers back there, basically it, it you know, you know, it, it takes the willpower out of it. You know, like how some people are like, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this basketball shot. I'm going to make this touchdown. A lot of people are able to will themselves to do it. You know, look at Tiger Woods, right? Um, if you rewind the tape, there was one game that he played with a broken leg. You know, he was probably in excruciating pain standing and walking on a huge golf course, but he willed himself. He told himself that I can do this regardless of how I feel. I'm going to make it happen. And the subconscious brain listens and gives him that extra boost to be able to do it. So the power of your words and your thoughts is just, it's, you know, it, it's really important to understand that you need that to be thinking and in the stream of positive consciousness. Yeah, I, I really think that's, that's great advice. Um, do you prefer world, world building with your own work or adapting to the existing world or a canon? So like, you mentioned how you work with DC and Marvel, so you're already creating within their world, or do you prefer to work in your own where you pretty much have to work from scratch? And like, what's the difference and like what advice would you give if someone is like, is working within canon 
and or if they're working on their own? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, for me, um, all the work that I've done with like Marvel or DC or Aspen or anybody has been, you know, freelance work and I've enjoyed it. But I mean, to me, I'm much more fulfilled by telling my own stories. Um, so hence the reason why I've devoted pretty much most of my adult life to this comic book company and building it the best uh, way I can. Um, and that's really what it is. So I'm just, you know, uh, but again, that's just my walk. You know, some people are more interested in drawing some playing in someone else's sandbox. Like I want to create and build the sandbox, you know what I'm saying? Versus playing in someone else's sandbox and leaving, you know, that's just not how I'm wired, but some people are wired that way. And that's okay. And it's all depends on what you want to do. Yeah. I, um, I prefer world building as well. I mean, it could be more difficult and it'll take longer because you have, you still have to work like, Physics still exists, you know, laws still exist, um, status quo still has to exist. So you kind of have to um, work out those mechanics. I guess you would say first you have to work those um, those out before you can really get into it, but I wouldn't be worried about too much about it. Um, the last time I checked with Joystick Angels, um, it's nearly reached its $20,000 stretch goal surpassing pretty much the initial 8,000. So how do you feel about that? Um, I'm very excited and I'm very appreciative, honest, honestly, like it's, um, you know, we, we asked for a relatively modest goal and we made that within 23 hours of, you know, the debut of the campaign and we're over 15K now. And um, we still have about 10 or 11 days left on the campaign. So we can still make some solid progress, but everything that we make on the campaign is going to get fuel the next couple issues of Joystick Angels. I mean, if we are able to hit our 20K stretch goal, which I do believe, believe we can, um, everyone who donates to the campaign $25 and over gets a free issue of, it, it gets a free copy of issue two. Um, so we're trying to just give you guys uh, more and more story and more bang for your buck if you can just jump on the campaign and donate and continue to share. Yeah, I, I think you guys are going to hit the 20,000. I think it is like 11 days, last time I checked, but I do think you'll hit the 20,000. Um, could you go a little bit more into the rewards of it? Because um, like you said, you get, I think you, you get a copy of the soundtrack, right? At a certain amount of money, which I thought was interesting too, because um, some, some Kickstarters, they'll have their own original music, but you guys are actually giving copies away of this, the original soundtrack. Yeah, so um, just to quickly go over the tiers, everybody, it's really dope. So obviously you have uh, the Joystick Angels issue one, which is available in print and digital. Um, you also have the opportunity to um, purchase a uh, physical CD of the actual OST or a digital you know, download of the CD MP4 type of situation. Um, what else? Um, you also can get t-shirts. I'm actually wearing a Joystick Angels t-shirt right now, if everyone can see. Um, there's t-shirts, there's enamel pins, uh, there's art prints. Um, there's a whole bunch of really cool stuff on there. Um, now, one thing that's really great about this too is that if people are interested in getting to know my brother as a musician and a producer and an, uh, an artist himself, they have access to all of his creative library of you know musical projects he's got about i think 10 or 15 albums oh, uh, wow. between 10 and 15 albums of his own original music over 100 songs so you have access to that too 
um, you know, the highest stretch goal, the highest tier that we have is about $300. And if you spend $300, you get everything in the campaign and you get drawn into issue two of Joystick Angels. So there's lots of really great stuff for everyone. And I just encourage you to, you know, go to uh, kickstarter.com, click you know, and just search Joystick Angels and you'll find the campaign. Yeah, I, it, it sounds really interesting. Uh, I, I really love good merch. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm a really big merch person. And, and I mean, if the story, the story in, it should be enough conceptually and visually, it should be enough to back it. But when you have really good merch, it's like that really great incentive. Um, incentive. Um, I asked about that and how you felt about it because as artists, we expect criticism or a minimum to no attention to our work. Um, when you receive praise, do you believe it when you hear it or when you read it? Like, how do you, how do you will yourself? Like we talked about will a couple minutes ago. How do you will yourself into accepting that praise from others as real, that your work and your talents are valid? Like it may, may not be with Joystick Angels, but with Okamus, because Okamus, wasn't that your, maybe it may have been your first Kickstarter campaign? First title. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I mean, the very first comic I ever did was extremely nerve wracking. It took me forever to do it. And um, when I finally showed up to a comic convention to try to sell it, I mean, I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't have an elevator pitch. I didn't know. I, I figured all that out on the fly. And, um, you know, I think because my intention was so pure in terms of just sharing a story that I loved and I created in my mind with everyone, and people like that type of a story. They just, it resonated with them. So we sold out of a whole bunch of our books, the very first con we ever did. And then, you know, people would come back to see us the, the year afterwards and the year afterwards. And after five years of, you know, going to cons consistently and building a fan base, core fan base, one-on-one -on -one connection, um, you know, I realized that, hey, like these people really trust my judgment and they trust my creativity and love the stuff that I do. So it pushes me even further to raise the bar every single time I do a project and create a quality product that they can be a product because I, I serve the fans. You know, it's not me making money off of everybody. It's me serving you guys with a quality product. So for a very small fee, people can get an amazing comic book that is you can't find really anywhere else. I mean, you can get it at a comic book shop, but when you meet me at a con and I sign the book for you, it's an experience. And that's what we aim to do every single time with every IP. Um, what is your idea of success? So um, I ask that because if you're not making money or um, have regular paychecks, like a full-time job, you're not successful. That's what a lot of us artists are led to believe. So we put our dreams on the back burner or give up altogether. Um, we're hesitant or doubtful about pursuing this career path because it's highly competitive and highly intimidating. So, you know, someone who's a fan of yours or someone who's out there listening right now to this episode, you know, they hear how you've surpassed your $8,000 goal and almost reaching $20,000. Or um, they hear about your successful Okemos campaign, the original one that you had, um, that you work with DC, that you work with Marvel, and they think that you're successful. But what is, what is your idea of success? Um, you know, being happy inside, man. I mean, again, like having uh, peace and, 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 you know, feeling uh, like, cause again, like if I'm not here tomorrow, you know what I'm saying? Like knock on wood that like, 
I'm happy with a lot of the work that I've accomplished and put out there. And I think that's really what it is, is how do I feel content as a person with the work and, and the effort that I put out there? Because a lot of times it's just about the effort. And again, um, there's a lot of people that are not going to believe in your vision. There's a lot of people that are not going to believe in what you're doing. Um, you know, it's funny because, you know, my last Kickstarter, the very first Kickstarter campaign I ever did was for Openness last year in August. And we raised over $21,000 on our very first Kickstarter campaign. Now, um, this is the same property. Okemos is the same property that, you know, a lot of people knew that I was building in college, but no, a lot of people didn't have interest in it. A lot of people didn't believe that I was going to be able to do something with this IP. And I even asked folks like, hey, why don't you come on, come on board? We could work together. Now nah, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of, and I'm not salty about that. Cause again, not a lot of people see the vision. You have to stick with the people who just recognize your vision and see that there's something there and, and get behind you. Um, and that's why it's like a lot of people who get on or do something big, they stick with their real ones because they know like, oh, they've been with me from the jump. Um, but when, you know, they, the same folks saw that the kicks the first kick started so well they're just like oh man how do we become a part of this or how do i work with you i'm like well i, I only work with people that i've built something with so like i said i i think you just have to find a certain level of um you know you have to be content as a person with the stuff the work that you're doing and it takes a while to get there um it's hard work creativity is really really hard because a lot of people want to do it but the only difference is, is that if you stay in it, you're going to get the result where someone else who just, you know, bows out fast, they're not going to get a result. And that's what I said. There's always like, you can see when it's not going to happen for others because they're just, they don't have the mentality. Like I'm not ready to sacrifice my time and my energy and my relationships or whatever in order to be the best I can be and bring my um, skill level up. You know what I'm saying? So if you sacrifice a little bit, you can really, really go a long way and you can really um, make some moves. And, and I, I mean, anybody can do it. I mean, that's a beautiful part about art. You can learn, you can be naturally gifted, but the people who work three times as hard as a naturally gifted person are always going to be better. It's that it's the Kobe, it's the Mamba mentality as they would call it. Like you can outwork somebody any day of the week. And so I'm just, I'm, I want to encourage everybody who's listening to the podcast, like if you are an artist and you're having any doubts, strike the doubts from your mind and just be a little stubborn, you know, believe in yourself because each person, and I especially believe this too about people of color, like we have greatness built into our genetics, you know what I'm saying? Being the original people on this planet, we are, there's a reason why we dominate every, every industry and we dominate every space is because we're born great. We just have to acknowledge that there is greatness and then hone that ability with you know practice and um consistent how do you say it um you know practice and consistent effort towards a goal anything is possible uh i don't know how to follow up on that that was that was actually really great <laughs> i mean i was going to add to just being consistent because people ask me um about like getting into podcasts or getting into writing, um, getting into uh, streaming, video game streaming. And so it's just, I, someone asked me, 
um, about like qualifications and who you like connections and stuff like that. I was like, there is no qualifications, you know, there is connections come with time in, in networking with people, but you just have to be consistent really, you know, and learning from your mistakes. Um, that's, that's just pretty much what it is. And you have to really enjoy what you do because there are going to be times where things don't work out. Um, you know, the internet may, be, not, may not be working, so you can't stream. You may not be in the mood to write that day, but you can't be so hard on yourself about it because, you know, if you're tired, your ideas just aren't going to come to you. So, you know, you're really just hurting yourself or whatever it may be. Um, don't burn yourself out with trying to create, I mean, create content for your podcast or whatever it may be. So just stay consistent and learn from your mistakes and just have, just enjoy what you do. It's pretty much what I tell everybody. So yeah. And um, comics is it, comics and is, is tough. It's a very, very tough business, but it's like, I mean, there've been days when I haven't slept and, you know, I've been really tired and burnt out and sometimes exactly. like, man, I don't feel like doing it today, but like the end result of having an amazing product or finishing a page or an illustration is, is sublime to me. Like I can't, I'm like, man, this is all worth it. All that pain I was going through, I, it's worth it now because of the fact that I completed it. You know what I'm saying? Like and, and the act of completion is extremely fulfilling if you yeah. want to get fulfilled complete something you know mm -hmm. do some chores clean your room you know what i'm saying like file your taxes you know <laughs> write a, some business emails these types of things are fulfilling in in nature because you start and you finish and there's nothing worse than starting something and never finishing it you know even if it's like okay well i started it and you know i'm not really feeling it all the way in but i'm going to finish as much as i can keep it going but you know starting and finishing is a big thing yeah, I, I believe in it too. Even if it is cleaning my room or doing the dishes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to push or um, share about the, the campaign, TJ? Um, I would just say that again, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be here, Kayla. You know, KS, thanks for, for bringing me on. Um, you know, everybody, I want you to check out the Kickstarter. Please jump to Joystick Angels uh, Kickstarter. And all you have to do is click kickstarter.com. I'm sure KS will have a link in the bio as well. Yep. Kickstarter.com, you search Joystick Angels, you can easily find it. Um, it's the only project with that name. Or if you follow me on social media, at Ray Comics, R-A-E Comics, you can click the link in our bio and it takes you right to the Kickstarter campaign. And you can easily um, select some, you know, amazing, uh, from amazing amount of tiers. We ship everything quickly. Um, you know, campaigns only got about 10 or 11 days left. So we definitely need your help to get to the last and final stretch goal. So, um, you know, again, we, we can't wait to share this amazing, amazing story with you, uh, with you. So please donate, please share and support Joystick Angels. All right. Well, thank you again to TJ Sterling, the president and lead artist of Ray Comics for speaking with me about his up and coming comic series, Joystick Angels. Uh, I highly recommend our listeners to give the Kickstarter a look, back it if you can, and or share before the project uh, campaign ends. Not only is it a great comic, visually and conceptually, but the rewards are just top rated, as you all heard me ramble about it. Um, again, I'm KS Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerdberg Podcast. Thank you.